Long. Way outside for the three. It's good. He got it. It's good. Season for Texas, they finished 34 and 0. The number one ranked team from beginning to end, winning their first NCAA championship. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Texas 24 podcast on the Dave Campbell's Podcast Network. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Ishmael Johnson. Ish, uh, how are you doing today? I am doing pretty good. A lot of packing going on because there's uh, moving coming for for me uh, just to a new complex. But one of the one of the annoyances of life, I guess, comes with packing and moving. And yeah, I hate it. But it's yeah, that that's the worst especially do you have to move furniture too or is it just your yeah that's definitely Ooh, luckily yeah. i got movers because like it's just gonna be me so i i got I'm, I'm not worried about too much stuff um but still the, 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 the packing and then it's also i'm in that weird like i'm not moving for like another three two three weeks and so like uh-huh. it's still in that like weird phase of like how much do i pack yeah. because how much am i gonna still need <laughs> No, yeah, that's funny. Um, well, it was a decently busy uh, past few days here. Um, I think the next podcast is the one I'm really looking forward to because then we got like Texas, Texas Tech is on the first. Uh, a lot of games this weekend have our attention as well. But there were uh, a few good games uh, that we'll touch on for the men and the women. Uh, we'll have a guest the Ken Palm game at the end, and we'll preview some Big 12 and SEC uh, games with the, the big 12 sec challenge uh, this weekend on the men's side, but the game I want to focus on for this podcast is Texas A&M and LSU, but obviously Texas A&M because we haven't talked about Texas A&M much this year, right? The non-conference you go through and look at it. It's not that difficult. You know, they, they played in the Maui and they beat Butler and Notre Dame. We're like, okay, maybe this team can do something. But the rest of the non-conference schedule was pretty easy, right? Like TCU, they lost to uh, Abilene Christian. They went to double overtime with. They didn't play anybody, really. So we never knew. And then conference play started. And they started off with Georgia, who's not good. They won by two. Arkansas, which is a pretty good win, won by five. Ole Miss, they won by 16. And then Missouri, they won by three. So we're looking at this Texas A&F team like, are they legit? Are they the truth? And then we were both like, all right, well, they have Kentucky, Arkansas, LSU coming up now. Then we get to kind of see what they are. And um, they fought in all three of those games. They were all close games, but they were all losses. Now Texas A&M yeah. sits at 15 and five overall, four and three in conference play. Uh, the LSU game, obviously I was there. Um, it was in Baton Rouge. They lose 70 to 64. That was on Wednesday. What, what do we make of this Texas A&M team right now? Uh, do, you have, do we have any hot takes or how are we feeling about them? Yeah, I, after it's, it's weird after the stretch of games. I do kind of think they're good, but I think that might not manifest at least this season in a tournament appearance because of how good the SEC is. Um, 
And I think they got, unfortunately, I think they got good at the wrong time, if that makes sense, as, as mm-hmm. far as like the wrong year. Cause like, you know, LSU is kind of hitting a stride. Um, you know, Arkansas, Alabama kind of came into their own last year. And of course, Kentucky is obviously Kentucky and then Auburn's Auburn, obviously hit, hitting a new ceiling, Tennessee. And so I think they just got, they got good at the wrong year. <laughs> um, as weird as that is, but I, I do feel good about this team. And if you're an AM fan, what I could say is I think this is a this is a a legitimate optim, even if you might miss it on the tournament, right? They might I, they still could have get an NIT bid. I think that's yep. still possible. Um and they could make a solid run in the NIT. But I think what you're what you're most looking forward to this year is that the Buzz Williams hire looks to be paying off. Right, because he's recruiting well. That's the big thing. This is a young team. Um, I, I think they're basically going to bring. I, I want to say everybody back. Maybe Andre Gordon's up in the air. I, I have to look at his eligibility. Um, but like guys like Wade Taylor, Manny Obaseki are like you know they're they're freshmen. And so I, yeah, I don't know. I, I think as frustrating as these losses are, I think you're if you're an AM fan, you have to be pretty pretty optimistic about what's going on this year. Uh, Way Taylor is legit, man. He that's that's like he is a soon to be. He what's what's uh, have you seen the Odell Beckham uh, um, Monday Night Football team introduction? I'm him. Oh like, yes, yes, Odell Beckham. I'm him. Like Wade Taylor is him, and yeah. like he's him basically in like a year or two. That dude is gonna be a put star. up put up 25 points against Arkansas. Um, Against LSU, he only had four points, I believe. But still, you could just tell when he had the ball, he was comfortable. And I, I like this Texas A&M team from a balanced perspective. I like them from, mm. like, they have five players that average double figures. You know, they they can shoot um, at times. They, they're capable. Andre Gordon, uh, Quinn Jackson are both capable scorers when they need them. I mean, you're right. The buzz, this is what they've kind of been waiting for, right? At least a sign of life. And mm-hmm. this is their sign of life. Now, again, they've lost three in a row, but they lost by six to Kentucky. Uh, they lost in overtime, a game they could have won to Arkansas, and that would have been a sweep of Arkansas. And that it, nobody would have expected that before the season. But still, to get a split with Arkansas and one in overtime is, is good. The LSU loss is disappointing because LSU should not have won that game. Like a mm-hmm. and in a lot of ways should have won the game, but that's what you're going to get with this Aggie team when they're just like, they're good, but who's going to stop the bleeding for them, right? Who's going to be the one that kind of steps up? And while I like the guys that I mentioned before, Andre Corner and Quinn Jackson and whatnot, they're just, they're not quite at the SEC level where you're like, those are first, second team, you know, all conference type guys. They're just not at this moment. So yeah. It'll be interesting to see how they continue to um, navigate the rest of conference play because I'm looking at their conference. I don't know. I think I I feel like I've mentioned this before. Their conference schedule is really not that hard. I don't Hmm. know what it is, but they play like South Carolina uh, twice, Georgia twice, Missouri twice. Yeah, Auburn only once. Uh, They do play LSU again, uh, but they only play Tennessee once. So it's like, Kentucky, they only play once. So it's a favorable schedule. Maybe you can squeeze out like a eight and 10. I'm thinking mm-hmm. maybe nine and nine. I feel like nine and nine would be a little bit uh, on the optimistic side. But still, like I said, 
they probably have the easiest schedule of anybody in the SEC at this point. Yeah, I think, and I think that goes back to, you know, kind of them, they could end with like 20 plus wins and, you know, be like, I think Joe Lenardi has them as one of the uh, first four out or next four out, sorry, on his, um, on his bracket, which is probably fair. You know, they, they still need that a couple of marquee wins. Um, I got, they got one over Arkansas, um, but they, you know, they kind of need to turn one of these upsets into like an actual upset, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I, I you know, I, I don't know. I don't want, I wouldn't want, if I'm an AM fan, I wouldn't want to be too disappointed if this team misses on the tournament because the SEC is top heavy right now. And everybody's kind of fighting in that middle, right? We, we expected Alabama, Arkansas to kind of be some of those players at the top and they're kind of falling back to the middle. And so that may knock AM down a little bit more. Uh, but if uh, I think I looked it up, Quentin Jackson's the only guy they would have to replace next year. He's a grad student. He's a grad transfer. So you basically bring back this whole team. You get another year of Wade Taylor. And then, of course, you know, in this transfer era, you can bring in a guy, right? You can If, if yeah. you need uh, a go-to score, there's probably somebody at the mid-major level who wants to step up, things like that. Like, you know, Buzz Williams has clearly shown that he's willing to, to clear out roster spots to bring in people that fit him better. So. I'm I'm trying to think about what this team's like ceiling could be, and uh, because I do think like Kempom has them going ten and eight in conference, uh, mm-hmm. which would be, I think, would be extended. That might get them in the tournament if they go ten and eight in conference. Because like, yeah. if we look at the rest of their their schedule, like I said, like that could be wins over, like maybe they come back and beat LSU at in in college station maybe they their um, their non-conference hurts though i think they have they only have butler and notre dame which are fine but they lost to they have losses to tcu and wisconsin yeah so like every every team i think you would have to go no worse than 10 and 8 to get it yeah 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 no that the only wins they have over top like 100 teams are notre dame and arkansas at this point so yeah yeah I agree. But no, I, I think you made a good point. This is the jump that they've made from last year to this year is exceptional. Like that's especially like, you know, they lost Savion flag, like and Emmanuel Miller, like two of their best players. And, you know, maybe that's just like, that's kind of some things we don't, we, us as like, you know, people outside of the coaching circles, like don't realize maybe like those guys just weren't a fit. Right. Like those, you know, we, we look at their numbers, we look at their production. It was like, well, obviously Savion Flag and Emmanuel Miller are their best players. And you see, well, they only have Andre Gordon back basically. And so, you know, maybe that is just some things where, you know, you're not, we don't take into account because we can't really see what actually Savion Flag and Miller do well and don't do well, you know, in comparison to what they want them to do. Yeah. But that ANMLSU game was a lot of fun. That was that uh, was it was that that block LSU like you mentioned AM had like two perfect chances to win. Yep. I think it was was it Andre Gordon that had the dunk attempt? I, I couldn't remember was, who had the dunk attempt. I think it was Gordon, but I don't want to be wrong. I yeah. Um and then I don't know who was it from LSU that had that block on it. Like that, yeah, Eric Gaines. That was that was an insane block. Um AM had like two bunny looks at like the end of regulation or something like that like on the other like that was a game that they had to feel awful about losing because they had legitimate legitimate chances and like it it was like a couple individual plays from lsu that was just like 
is like, I don't know what you do about that. Yeah, and LSU was without, I mean, by the end of it, without their best, like, three players, basically. So I thought I thought AM had it in the back. Like, for most of the game, I thought AM had won the game, but mm-hmm. they just couldn't close it out. And that's what that's what hurts if you're, you're an Aggie fan. Like, those are the wins you've got to start, like, picking up at some point in the SEC. So, yep. All right, let's bounce around the state a little bit. Uh, you said you watched mm-hmm. Texas State and UT Arlington. Texas State uh, lost to UTA uh, 70 to 58, a result that I wasn't really expecting, but I did not watch the game thoroughly. So, what, what went wrong here? Um, first of all, uh, mea culpa to UTA. Um, I think we buried them a little too early. <laughs> uh, they do look like a pretty good Sunbelt West team. Um, I believe they are five and four right now in the West. Um, which, you know, not world beaters, but by comparison, we expected Texas State to be a, comp- uh, a contender and they're three and three in the West. Um, so I, I'm worried about this Texas State team this year. I think that their their defense has fallen way off. That's the biggest red flag. Um, and the other black mark against them is that their shooting is nowhere near as hot as it was last year. And... I'm struggling to figure out why, because everybody's back that shot well. Um, Asbury's still shooting well. And I should also say, like, they're still shooting fine, right? They're shooting, I'm trying to think, like 35, 36%, which is good as a team. Um, but they were, like, top five in the country last year in three-point three shooting. Um, yeah. Almost 40, I want to say maybe 40%. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. 39.4% yeah. last year, 35% this year. Yeah, so, like, with the defensive lapses and the offensive, like, everything's just kind of taking one big step back. And so I wonder, you know, that's kind of – that's my big worry for them. Now, credit to UTA. I think UTA's UTA's offense has been pretty impressive to me. I think that they're they're, they're still a little bit confusing at times. Um, They don't shoot the ball well. Javon Levi is is – playing fine. I thought he'd be playing a little bit better at point guard for them uh, coming in from UTRGV. But David Azori is basically being the guy that I was I, I kind of questioned if he could be like a lead guy for them. Um, and he's doing it. He's been their best player so far this year. And I don't know. They're just like scrap. It's They're a very interesting team to watch because like against Texas State, they'll shoot like 50% from the floor or something like that. And then like other games, they'll just like shoot abysmally. And so, like, I I don't know. They're, they're like a very scrappy team. I'm still wondering if they're trying to figure out exactly what their identity is. They play, they don't play great defense. Um, but they, they kind of force you into, like, tough mid-range shots, if that makes sense. And um, I, I don't know. That's – it's very – they're very fascinating. And so I don't – I feel like we wrote them off a little bit too early because, you know, I, I do think Greg Young was uh, – a a good hire for them um, just kind of trying to stay with somebody who's kind of is familiar with the program and that won't, you know, leave them like Chris Ogden did. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it is still a little weird to, they're still kind of a weird team to kind of really get a grasp on right now. I'll tell you, they're not going to win the, like the box score numbers. Like they're not going to, Oh God, win. no, they're, they're it, not it gonna is win a very, over. This is that. a team. Like I, I usually hate it when like people try to do like, I test things, but they're not a team. Like, I, this is a team that you actually have to, like, watch to figure out. Because if you look at it, you're like, David Azor shooting, like, 38% or something from the field. Like, 
Yeah. It's like, what is this team? Like you're watching, you're like, what is this team? And then they don't even play that great of defense. And then you're just like, wait, what, how good are they? I don't know what's happening yeah. right now. And then they're just like, oh, right. They can beat Louisiana and Georgia state. And, you know, like they have an overtime win over Southern South Alabama, who's the number one team in the conference. Like this is a fascinating team. And I'm kind of curious to see how they close it out. Cause they go to Texas state. Uh, Texas state has a blackout home game, which I'm, kind of excited for those are usually really well marketed um and so i'm curious to see how they do there because they squashed them at home um uta did so uh uta ranks 312th in effective field goal percentage and 300th in turnover percentage and uh but i think a lot of that comes back to i i remember writing them off when i watched north texas beat them by 30 and I mm-hmm. think I need to just stop comparing teams to North Texas because North Texas, like with Rice, I was just, sure. all right, North Texas beat them by 30. You're done. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's like I, maybe I need to stop holding them to that standard. But regardless, uh, I'll, I'll be interested to see if they can bounce back and win. They play tomorrow. That's an yeah. interesting game against a Texas State. So they played Texas State on Thursday, and then they play them on, again on Saturday. So uh, nice little back-to-back for them. Mm-hmm. let's see uh what else we what else we got um let's talk, talk about texas real quick because i predicted tcu was gonna win and you said texas oh, yeah. gonna win, and i was wrong and it didn't take me watching much of this game to to know i was wrong the defense yeah. for texas was excellent tcu mm-hmm. is offensively challenged i think that's how we can say it as we've mm-hmm. we know they are but also texas is going to suffocate teams like that so um congratulations to texas for getting the win this was the second leg of a two game stretch that i said they could not lose oklahoma state and tcu credit to them they won both of those games uh so now we we look ahead for texas and say all right now you got to roll up your sleeves and uh figure things out moving forward here because that that was about as easy as it gets uh, in those two games Tennessee and Texas Tech are the next two games. Tennessee, te- Tennessee, Texas Tech, Iowa State, Kansas, Baylor, next five games here for Texas. Like I said, roll up your sleeves time for the Longhorns. Well, let's 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 pick it. What's their record in those games? I'm trying to figure out the Tennessee game. This is and we'll talk about like with the SEC Big 12 challenge more, uh, but they're not being Baylor. I don't think they're don't being think Baylor. They, either. Uh, they do have Kansas at home. They'll beat Iowa State at home. <sighs> Tech is on the road and Tennessee is at home. So three of those are at home. Baylor and Tech on the road. Um, I'll, I'll, I'm gonna go two and three. The one I can guarantee, I can guarantee they're losing to Iowa State. I'm sorry, they're losing to Baylor and they're beating Iowa yes. State. The okay. other three, I think they have a shot in, but I don't. But I think they lose two of them, so I'm gonna go two and three. Do you want to be the positive I'm one? Gonna, here? I think I'm gonna go the opposite. I think I'm gonna go three and two. Okay. Um, I think. I think they might sneak out of Kansas, and because I, I think their losses are Baylor and Tech. Um. I think I agree with you on Baylor. I think they're not. There's no way they're beating Baylor. Yeah. Um, Tennessee is the one I'm wavering on back and forth. Um, 
I, would I think be they beat Iowa State, and I think they sneak out Kansas. I don't think there's a way. I think Tech. I think that's Tech's Super Bowl, basically. Like I don't think there's a way to beat Tech in Lubbock. No, I think not. that's that is their national title. Like, I really do think that's going to be a sellout crowd. That's going to be like a hornet's nest for Texas. Um, yeah, no, I I don't think there's a way they beat Tech, and I don't think there's a way they beat Baylor. So, I think those I'm going to stick with three and two just because those are the ones I'm for sure fairly, fairly confident that they lose. Yeah, but I could I could see two and three because I I don't I have no idea about the Tennessee game too. Yeah. All right. UTEP ish has won four in a row, mm-hmm. five of the last six. They are now five and three in conference, and they beat FAU, who was we talked about in the last podcast, was in the lead in the East in conference mm-hmm. East. So we might have to look at like UTEP as being the best team if they were in the East. <laughs> So, like, how many teams in the West could have been the best team in the East? North Texas, La Tech, UTEP. UAB, Rice, and UTEP. Yeah, yeah, probably. Like the those, entire those West five. is better than the East at this point. So, um, but, yeah, they beat FAU on a tip-in at the buzzer. And um, I want to make sure, I believe it was, I'm not going to guess who it was. I thought I saw it. Was it Jarrell Satterfield? I don't know. I think it might have been Satterfield. Let me see. Uh, UTEP, they tweeted it out, of course. Yeah, I know. I saw I saw the tip, and I don't remember who did it. But regardless, they won on a tip and at the buzzer. Sule Boone puts up 28 points on 10 of 18 shooting. Jamal Alfred Bandy, Collins. It was Collins? Yeah. Alfred Hollins, I'm sorry. Alfred Hollins. Yeah, sorry. I said Collins. Yes, Alfred Hollins. Okay, cool. Um, so, yeah, shout out to him. Uh, Rehoven, 12 points. I don't even see – I mean – I haven't watched UTEP, but no Keontae Kennedy here. Uh, but still, that's a that's a good win. UTEP, I got we got to give them a shout out since we had Joe Golding on, and they have oh, FIU yeah. no, next, so they should beat FIU. So we're going to be looking at six and three going up against, and then they have the the road trip to North Texas and Rice on the third and the fifth of February, and that could kind of decide their their fate if they can. So just- UTEP, their defense turning a little bit of a corner, looking at their ranks in conference, third in defensive efficiency, second in field goal efficiency defensively, second in turnover percentage. They're turning a little bit of a corner. Now, offensively, don't look at those numbers. Um, I just, I just, I just looked. They are really bad, but. Three-point percentage, though, they're shooting the ball well. They're shooting the ball well. I think, again, that goes back to like what we kind of more or less thought this team would be, which is like a team with offensive talent that, you know, probably isn't going to be the, but I think that they'll be able to talent their way offensively to make things work. Joe Golding is there to coach defense and to coach these guys to play defense. And so they're probably not going to, it's not, not going to look the best. It's not going to look the prettiest, but even the, the 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 tip in the shot before the tip, in, I don't know who, t- who took the shot at the last. It wasn't a bad look. I'm not sure. It was like it, it like rimmed off. Like it it was like a sh- he missed it short and it like rimmed up and basically bounced off. Like it was a good look. And so like I think they have players good enough to like get you decent looks when you need them. They're not always going to go in, yeah. but I don't know. I'm I was more worried about these guys looking to play defense and they're looking to start to finally do that. So yeah. That's like I said, they can they can be FIU. They're six and three, and then they have North Texas and Rice after that. And 
So I, we might have to we might have to start paying a little bit more attention to to UTEP in the coming weeks. So be yep. ready. Maybe have a uh, that North Te- that that stretch of UTEP versus North Texas and Rice. We'll probably talk about a good amount. So oh yeah. In other news in Conference USA, and we have to give these guys a round of applause. UTSA got its first win in conference. They've done it. They have snapped <laughs> a seven-game losing streak to start conference play. They beat FIU 73-66, to and I think we just have to give them a round of applause here. Good, good, for, good for UTSA to get on the board and get a win because, you know, joke about them a lot. But, uh, yeah, Jacob Germany, 23-11. and 11. Did it did his how job? About, how about how about Jiang just coming back to the team? Like he, he was off the team like mid like the beginning of the year, he's and back. then like the news breaks that he's back, and then he just comes in and plays what like twenty minutes. Yep, <laughs> like, nineteen points, man. From? Hey, they're they're done losing. <laughs> they're done losing. Say, come on, Jang, let's go. Whatever happened with him is like, nope, come back. No, nope, get get back over here. <laughs> Like we, we really don't want to like not win a game in conference. So Jordan Ivy Curry puts up 17, uh Ju Jang uh 19, Darius McNeil four. <laughs> hey, they gotta win, man. They gotta win. I this is this is just a shout out segment here for UTSA. So congratulations. I got I gotta look more into that Ju Jang that because that is the wildest thing I've ever seen. Where it's just like a dude's off the team for like months and then just comes back and you're just like i guess he's going back in the game i don't know i hope it was nothing personal but like you know that that, i've never seen that before (laughs) she just checks back in uh i hope steve henson knows about that (laughs) no right yeah no right (laughs) like he's like is that jew or do you oh oh, oh, here we go here we go uh jj perez has something on twitter a statement from ju jang this is on the 25th of january A couple of weeks ago, I made a mistake. I was frustrated on the court and lost my focus. I made a quick emotional decision and I regret it. My coaches were very supportive of me and I'm very grateful for that. I apologize to my team and our fans. I hope to come back and help our team in any way I can. Well, man, you helped them and they 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 needed you. So they did 19 points. They needed you, buddy. So do what you gotta do. There you go. Get back. Win at all costs. Jeff Trailer probably made a call and be like, hey, we need you to like win a game here. We can't. We can't have this. Basketball team's killing my buzz, man. Yeah. <laughs> <it's> <laughs> awful. Um. All right. That's all the men's basketball we have uh, for now. Got a few women's games to talk about. Uh, you want to start with Baylor and Tech. Baylor defeats Tech eighty-eight to eighty in a yeah wild shootout think, over there. I think well, one Tech continues their trend of playing up to elite competition <laughs> and then playing down to to bad competition. Um. Baylor looks. This is you know Baylor's looking like they're really starting to turn a corner, right? They blew out Iowa State. They've, of course, they didn't blow out Tech, but they still beat a solid Tech that gave them a gave them a run when their defense wasn't wasn't as on point as it usually is. I think another great game from uh, Caitlin Bickle where she had some high low action with Melissa Smith. Um, she scored twelve points off the bench, and again, this is this is a team that uh, only played seven deep. Um, I should mention that Kamari McDaniel left the team. And so that's another just huge blow to, to their bench and already fragile bench. She wasn't, I don't think she was playing that much anyway, but still that was somebody that we expected to be involved. Yeah. Um, 
and I don't know if that was injury or fit or whatever. I don't know what happened there if she never got healthy or whatever, but um, so that leaves basically Jaden Owens as the only backcourt player coming off the bench, which is nuts. Um, but with that being said, uh, Jordan Lewis looks like she's turning a bit of a corner in terms of being that go-to guard player. Sarah Andrews is looking like she's hitting a breakthrough finally that we expected to see from her. Nalissa Smith, again, I like that she's not being asked to do everything and they're using her very sparingly in terms of like scoring. She's playing defense and she's protecting the paint and she's rebounding really well, but they're not asking her to like just go get a bucket at any time. Now it's like Sarah Andrews and Jordan Lewis are kind of the primary scorers and that leaves Melissa Smith one-on-one sometimes or in the paint with easy looks or cuts to the basket or uh, uh, open jump shots in the, in the mid-range. And they're, they're really starting to click. And I, I, I'm kind of, it's kind of fun to see when this offense can kind of get going. Now, you kind of hope that this, this was kind of just a kind of a weird defensive game because Tech still shot like over 50% from the floor, mm-hmm. um, 11 of 15 from three, which is nuts. Um, you kind of hope that's just kind of a, a Tech sh- hot shooting night, but still that's two impressive wins for Baylor when we've been kind of wondering if, you know, I was, I was wondering if like at this point in the season, they'd be kind of wearing down because of the, the lack of numbers, but they seem to be kind of doing the opposite. And they beat a tech team who, like like you said, is beating the only the best teams in the conference. So, I mean, I like if we just put the numbers together of Texas Tech's like stats against with their wins were against Texas. Um, who did who's the other team Texas Tech beat? Uh, let me see Texas and Kansas yes, Kansas, Kansas State. State. I mean, you put the, those two numbers and then you throw this game in there and I wonder like what the three-point percentage is just overall. It feels like they just, they don't miss at this point. But regardless, right. um, so it, it, that's a good win. They're up to four and two in conference now. Baylor is, it's a shame because I feel like this Texas Tech team should be better than what it is, like two and six in well, if conference. You watch, if you watch the, the game, so one, Bryn Gerlich had a fantastic game. Oh, um, I'm, I'm sure she, they played she, like amazing this game. That that's the thing. I just feel like they should just always be able to play at this level. Right. No, that's the thing is like you see the ceiling with this team. Like Vivian Gray, you know, did her thing, of course. But I think Brent Gerlich and and off the bench. I mean, I think Lexi Hightower actually started this game. But like uh, uh, Taylor Thomas and Riley McKinney, like they were shooting really well. And you're like, okay, here's here's kind of what this team can do. Um, and I do wonder if it maybe had to do with like, you know, Baylor's kind of uh, size, right? They kind of stretched them out a little bit and like made them defend the three and like maybe they couldn't defend the three as well because they didn't have the length that they usually do. And so, yeah, no, I agree that you see tech ceiling so much and it, for some reason, it it just doesn't sustain itself a lot of the time. Um, I will say on Baylor's defense, I didn't realize how dicey it was looking. Uh, So this is conference play. Uh, Field goal percentage are second. Three-point percentage, they're first in in, in uh, offensive. They're last in field goal percentage defense and three-point percentage defense in the Big 12. That's crazy. That's, That's nuts. Crazy. For a Baylor team, that is nuts. And, you know, again, it, it's it's a different team, right? Different different focus. That might just be how this team is. But it's just, it's just really – I don't think there should be that big of a fall-off 
from, you know, yeah. I'm not saying that, and that's the other thing. I'm not saying that Nikki Collin doesn't coach defense, right? That's not what I'm saying. Well, it either. looks like, like it at this moment. <laughs> like what, what are you, I mean, I mean, that's we, can, we, can, like, we can observe and, and critique at this point. If you're, sure, we sure. are how many games in um, to conference here and six, eight, yeah. yeah seven, six games in the conference and you have the worst field goal percentage defense of anybody in, in the conference at this point. I like, get that's, that's a fair take to say that Nick Collin has not done a good job coaching defense. Apparently it, I will give her the benefit of the doubt because I think it's really hard to play with a seven uh, player rotation for an entire season and try to balance out minutes at that point. But mm-hmm. at some point you need to play defense like Texas tech. Sure. can do, can have a really good shooting night, but Texas tech also put up 50 points against TCU. Like yeah. also put up 53 points against West Virginia, 55 against uh, Oklahoma state. Like they're not like, like they're a potent offense, but they're not an all, a consistent offense. And if you put clamps on them, they'll fold, but they didn't. And so it is concerning. I got to see when this Texas game is. Cause that's the, the Texas that's going to be uh, February 6th against Texas. So, Oh, Baylor versus Texas. Yeah. Baylor, Texas. Okay. So. Well, I'm looking at I'm looking at the rest of the Tech Tech schedule, or not the rest, but the upcoming schedule for Tech, and it's Iowa State, Kansas State, Texas, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma. The next five, uh, maybe one win there, and then if they go one and four in that stretch, that puts them at three and ten, and then I think we could have a conversation about Tech overtaking Baylor as the most disappointing team in Texas at this point, like three Probably, and ten. Yeah. I don't even know we had them going before the season, but I think we had them like seven wins, eight wins, probably in conference. Roughly, yeah. I guess. So, yeah, that'll be interesting uh, to see how how these two teams continue to shake out because they are the two – they're two of the more polarizing women's basketball teams in in the state, in Texas, in Tech and Baylor. Um, Mm -hmm. To talk about another team uh, real quick, uh, Texas took care of business. Uh, They – um, they defeated Kansas State, and I thought that was going to be a real tr- troublesome game for them. They end up winning 66-48. I watched a little bit of it. It still feels like Rory Harmon is kind of just in that Chris Paul type role where she just, like, you know, controls everything, but she doesn't actually, mm-hmm. you know, take over in a sense. Sure. sure. And so Aliyah Mataro, 18 points. Audrey Warren, 16 points. Audrey Warren as a scorer has been really impressive to me. Like yeah, she's late. really putting up points recently. Yeah, so you know they, they got some some scores stepping up. Their front court hasn't been scoring at the the level I think that it's going to need to continue moving forward. But their defense is so damn good. Like they held Kansas State to four points in the first quarter. Like, yeah, I think that was that was also after I want to say that game was after Ayoka Lee scored like sixty one. Right? Was that game immediately after? Because I think Ayoka Lee she put up six. Let me see. Yeah, it was so against Oklahoma, she put up sixty-one, and so that's what I was kind of like, worried this? about. Oh, you you didn't notice that? Oh, oh my god! Gosh. Yeah, she, she like went off against Oklahoma. Yeah, I yeah, she was a monster against Oklahoma, and so I was worried about that. I was like, oh god, she's gonna like, you know, she's not gonna score sixty-one, but like she could score thirty-five, right? Um, but yeah, no, that she she I can't believe you missed that. I I can't. I've I've been like monitoring Aoka Lee because I knew how damn good she was at this yeah. point. Um, just it was how an NCAA, I want to say that was a that, that was an NCAA record. I think like after watching it, 
Yeah, what after watching Aoka Lee beat uh Baylor almost single handedly earlier uh this year, yeah, she put up 32 and 10 against Baylor. I remember watching that. I was like, oh, this girl's yeah. good. And mm-hmm. I did not know she put up 61. That's crazy because I I have like uh during like LSU women's game, they'll be like the halftime show and they'll run through highlights and stuff. I don't know how I missed that. Yeah. Wow, 61. <laughs> wow. Okay, yeah, man. Yep. That's a great win for Texas right there to blow them out. That's really comforting. That that helps mm-hmm. me. I mean, look at their defense too. The last four games, 57-48-47-48. Okay. Pretty good. All right. Uh, they have Oklahoma, Iowa State as their next two games here. It's gonna be the top of the the top of the Big 12 is is really fascinating to me because yeah, Oklahoma at six and two, Iowa State six and two, Texas five and two, Baylor four and two, Kansas State five and three. Like those are the teams, those are the top five pre comfortably. So who's going to, you know, kind of hit their stride? I'm not sure. I, I can't predict who's going to win at this point. I don't really trust right. Iowa State, but we'll see. All right. Um, I, I did want to give a shout-out to UTA women, the, the UTA women, yes. because um, we've talked about them before on the podcast, and I've, I've talked about how good I think they are. But they continue to stack up the wins, man. They just beat Arkansas State 90-87 to 87 yesterday. And that is a now a three game win streak, um, with wins over obviously the Texas State back to back wins, and then uh, this mm. one against Arkansas State. I mean, they're gonna they are second in the conference right now. App State's four and one, and Tex, UTA is six and two, and Troy's Troy's six and two. So that's kind of your top three there. We're, we're looking at a path where UTA wins the conference. Like, I mean, it's gonna, I mean, you know, it's, it's, they still have Troy, but, right. But yeah, this is, this is a good team, right? They're, they're, they're looking like a legit team. And I mean, you got to start having that conversation. I mean, obviously, like we mentioned with Troy, that's obviously a big roadblock, but I mean, it, I've seen that Troy team like have a bad game and in the tournament and like stumble. And it could happen like, and it could be UTA could be somebody that, that, you know, takes advantage of that. So I'm kind of fascinated. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely fascinated to see where they go. A uh, quick shout out, by the way, uh, one win that I found out last night that I didn't see, but I saw Sam or I, that I heard about Sam Houston over Cal Baptist. Uh, oh, one of the, the other men? favorites in the women, oh, the women. Uh, one of the other favorites in the whack. Uh, let me see. 73-65. Faith Cook dropped 32. Like, and again, this is this is the Sam Houston that's without Raven Justice, right? She took a, I believe, a, a leave on the season. Yeah. And so uh Madeline Batista, 18.16 rebounds. Like, credit to them because it was Cal Baptist and SFA as far as like the favorites in the whack. And Sam Houston, you know, came out with a with a huge upset win there. Um, I believe they're still kind of hanging around the middle of the conference. They started, so not- no, they started off 0-7 in conference. I think they've won right. two or three in a row at this point. Right. Yeah. So I they're, don't two know. And, they're 2-6 in conference. So I don't know about them. Yeah. So defense, not great. Um, offense, actually not great either. But they pulled out a win. Uh, but Faith Cook apparently is still pretty good. So Offense, not great. <laughs> defense? Not great either. <laughs> yeah, I was I was like trying to find like, oh look, they're shooting well. They're so it's like no, they're they're really not. 
<laughs> it's okay. It's all right. Just give them the pat on the back for the win, and we move on. We move right through. Hey, Cal, that, that is no small win. So no. congratulations on and, that one. And the Sam Houston State men won again. They beat Cal Baptist as well, I believe. Um, there you go. So they're rolling. Uh, yeah. Last week, um, we talked about Rice, the Rice men, and it turns out that you were right. It did, did go up in flame. They lost to Charlotte, and then they lost to La Tech by 17 yesterday. So. Yeah, but the good I thing for them, I, I held out hope. The good thing for them is that they play Southern Miss, UTSA, and UTEP their next year games. Rice does, so mm-hmm. get back on track mm-hmm. before you have to play North Texas and UAB. Whew. Never know, never know. You never know. I will not rule Ooh, out Rice. Just, they shot four. They shot four of twenty six from three against La Tech. You know that is brutal. As long as they were having fun. As long as, as long as they're doing their best out there. Is there shout having out, fun? Shout out Rice. <laughs> All right. Let's play. Let's play guess the pick. Guess the Ken Palm. All right, let's um, go. Earlier in the year, we played it to where uh like I set a team and you had to guess who which was higher, their offense or their defense. But we're revising that now because for a lot of these teams, they're like a hundredth in offense and like three hundredth in defense, and it's not even a question. Like Right. I asked you Texas Tech. Like, we kind of know what they are. Yeah, well, like we know what Texas Tech is, right? Like, okay. Um, Baylor is still number two in Ken Palm at five offense and six in defense. They're not in my grouping. I have five, all right? So okay. all we're going to do here is I'm going to give you two teams. You tell me which one is ranked higher in Ken Palm. Which one, um, yeah, is ranked higher. Pretty, pretty obvious, okay. pretty self-explanatory. I got five matchups here all of them are pretty close so these are going to be pretty difficult but i believe in you all right okay. so here we go starting off decently difficult texas a&m and smu texas a&m and wait and smu you said yes texas a&m okay. and smu here here's my hint well actually here yeah i'll give you a hint one is 52nd and one is 58th. Oh, that's hard. Okay. So I'm only separated by six here. I'm going to say SMU is higher. Incorrect. Incorrect. Really? Texas a and I actually might have guessed that too as well because SMU has actually been winning games consistently. Yeah, they're like, they have the, I, I don't know. I thought the Memphis win, I mean, Memphis isn't great, but they, you know, they weren't awful either. So like, I thought that would be a pretty solid win for them. SMU has won four in a row. They've won... What is this? 13 of 12 of the last 13, something like that. Hmm. A lot. They won a lot. They've won a lot again. But they still, Ken Palm is not is not buying SMU like you, I guess. Um AM mm-hmm. is 52nd, SMU is 58th. So 0 for 1 for ish. You just gotta get to three and two. All right. Just gotta oh, get God. to three. All right. There we go. Next up here is Sam Houston State and Rice. Here, let me give you the hints here. Where's why can't I find rice? Here we go. Rice. Actually, no. Well, no, I'm not going to tell you where they are. That would be stupid. Oh, God. Almost, All right. Just ruin the whole game. All right. Um, rice or Sam Houston State? Sam Houston State's higher. I've lost Sam Houston State. Oh, Wait. my goodness. Oh, my God. Wait. This guy. All right. You said Sam Houston State's higher? Yes. 
Sambison State is 157. Rice is 187. So you are correct. You're 30, 30 I knew Rice had some. Remember, we, I mean, we buried Rice. We thought Rice was done. So we did. We I, did. I, I kind of figured those early losses would be would have would have hurt them we a did. lot. So. We did. And Sam Houston beating everybody in the whack is just yeah. propelled them to greatness in Ken Palm. All right, next, and I think this one might be the closest one we have. Is, oh no, it's not. The, it's not the closest. But UTEP or Tarleton. Oh, okay. Damn, that one's. This is good. This is a tricky one. One is 180, and the other is 191. Oh, come on. Um, they are both pretty good on defense. Both top 130 in defense. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really have any other hints for you there, but what are we thinking? Tarleton or UTEP? I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say Tarleton. Incorrect. Oof. <sighs> Oof. Tarleton's 191. UTEP is 180. I think that win over uh, you know, UTEP's won a couple in a row. Let's see if, how much UTEP's gone up. Yeah, well, because UTEP also UTEP, started pretty slow too. UTEP has won four in a row at this point, and has uh, somehow. I mean. They've been very unimpressive wins, actually. So that, yeah, they've actually gone down. <laughs> like the wins over, so they were one sixty nine going into the first game into UTSA. They won by five, mm-hmm. dropped down to one eighty two. Then they beat them by five again and dropped down to one eighty three. So okay, uh, U- all right. UTEP could not. Um, so yeah, UTEP. All right, so you're one and two. Next up, this, right. this you got to get this one right. Oh jeez. <laughs> Texas State. Or Stephen okay. F. Austin. Now Stephen F. Austin has struggled a bit this year. Haven't been as as uh, dominant. Oh God! See, the problem is I know Texas State's ranking. Uh huh. Okay. So I will not tell you the two rankings here. Right. Oh God! So I gotta figure out if SFA's. Oh God. I'm gonna say SFA's higher. You are correct. Okay. You're correct. Yeah. SFA is one forty six. Texas State's one fifty four. All right, two and two. Here you go. They were higher than I than I looked last time. Then okay. Here we go. Last one to get over five hundred here. Oh jeez. All right. This is this is my favorite one by far, just by <sighs> far. UTSA. Oh no. And Prairie View. Oh no. <laughs> Oh, man. UTSA and Prairie View. Man, oh, man, this is good. There's... Go ahead. Oh, God. I'm not going to tell you where they rank. I know. Yeah, I mean, I know it's it's in the 300s. I'm going to go... Oh, God, because UTSA won, too. So, like, they could have also bumped up slightly. Um... And then Prairie View hasn't been as good in the whack as we thought. <sighs> in the swack. Swack, sorry, yes. Um, this is tough. I'm gonna, s- oh God. I think I would get this wrong. I'm gonna say UTSA is higher. Incorrect-ish. What? Oh, oh man, that hurts. That hurts. <sighs> and it's actually not even close. 
so UTSA is 322nd, and yeah. Prairie View somehow is 280. Really? Too, yeah, that high, huh? Eighty. Yeah, that, that's why I say okay. I would have got I'm, this. On, I'm looking on Ken Palm now. Let me see. I would have got this wrong. For sure. Okay. I mean, I, have no uh, I honestly have no clue how they're 280 when they only have one win over a team of three, four, 310 and higher. Yeah. That's damn. That's wild. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I mean it's those they're doing better close... than I they're doing better than I thought in, in the SWAC. Like they're still they still I don't think they should have those two losses, but they still only have two yeah, losses. They lost to the Mississippi Valley State. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, Mississippi Valley State's bad. Um that's disgusting. Yeah. It's those close losses to like South Dakota State to right. Oklahoma State, Michigan, or not Michigan, San Francisco. They're only fourth. Okay, so they're better than Southern right now, or Texas Southern right now. It's the swag, so. That's kind of crazy. All right, all right, all right. Uh, two and three, not not terrible. You'll get them yep. next time. That's my uh, that's my predicted uh, – oh, no, it's your predicted Texas run for the next five games too, so. <laughs> yeah. So um, let's let's talk – or let's give some predictions, I guess, real quick for this yep. SEC and Big 12 challenge here. Obviously, only the Texas teams we care about, but there were there are going to be a lot of Texas teams in action. Actually, well, actually, there's only going to be well, AM's not playing in it. That's unfortunate. AM got the short end of the stick. Uh, Texas Tech, Mississippi State, Texas, Tennessee. Well, they're, probably, they're probably like screw playing the Big Twelve. We're trying to worry about our tournament now, <laughs> right? Like we left the Big Twelve. We don't want to play them again. Uh, <laughs> right. Texas Tech, Mississippi State, Texas, Tennessee, TCU, LSU. Are the three games with Te- oh Baylor Alabama? Those are the yes. four games with Texas team. I watched a lot of SEC basketball this year. Um, Mississippi State Texas Tech is really all four of these are really intriguing to me. I will mm-hmm. say I think Baylor blows the doors off a Alabama, even though it's on the road, and Alabama on the road is, is scary. But awesome. Alabama is also the most inconsistent team, right there with Memphis for the most inconsistent mm-hmm. team in the country. So I have no clue what Alabama we're going to get, but there'll be a good test for, for Baylor. And I think Baylor pulls that one out. So that's my, that's my lock of the four, I think. Ooh. Okay. Um, and speaking from an locks, LSU perspective, I, I don't know. Say my lock is LSU over TCU. Yeah. You would know for sure better. They're going to be favored. LSU will be. They're trying to get mm-hmm. their, their guys back. LSU. I think TCU should have a shot. Like they'll, they'll mm-hmm. have a shot. I feel like I don't know. Come off that blow, a loss to Texas at home. You know, I think they'll have a shot. But I, I think yeah, LSU's probably gonna pick there. Um, Texas, Tennessee, 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 Texas. Like I, that's a, that's a game. Tennessee's been so like up and down this year. Because mm-hmm. I follow uh, one of my friends, uh, Will Warren, on Twitter is one of the kind of key Tennessee advanced stats guys. And he's like every night he's like pulling his hair out with this team. So like, <laughs> yeah, I, I have no idea what to expect. They barely beat Florida, but they're also like really good. Like it's two defensive teams here. I, I at home, I, I think Texas gets it done. I'll say Texas gets it done by like three, three or four in a low scoring game. The only, the only problem, the Texas has struggled against teams that can play defense. Yeah, that's my own. That's my own. That is my only hang. They've struggled against um, teams that can play defense and that can actually have actually have a little bit of offensive talent here, right? And so, like it, like TCU, they beat the brakes off of 
because TCU yeah. doesn't have any which offense. is kind of a toss up with Tennessee. Their no, their offense isn't incredibly consistent. They got Kennedy Chandler, they yeah. got they got some guards. So that'll be an interesting game. I'm excited for that game. All four of the games I'm looking forward to. Uh, Texas Tech, Mississippi State. I don't mm. have a good feel on, but Texas Tech is 12 and 0 at home this year. I didn't even know that. 12 and 0 at home, man. Mississippi State's not bad. Iverson, I just watched Mississippi State push Kentucky to overtime at Kentucky, so I think I'm like kind of skewed in a in a sense. But I just I just I just think that Tech drags people to the mud so easily. That, like I don't know if Mississippi State can, especially coming off a loss. Yeah, like I I, I mean it's not an indictment of Mississippi State. I just don't, I just think Tech makes people play their games so well, and then their defense is just so suffocating that. I don't know if they can, you know, I think that'll be a, I think that's a win for Tech. Pretty comfortable. I don't want to say dominant or blah, but I'll say a comfortable win. It's interesting to me at this point because it's like for these teams, conf, like I don't, I, I wish they would have played this like right before conference mm-hmm. because it feels like, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong in this, but it, it just gives a feeling like why are they playing these games like right in the middle of conference? Like these teams are like, like giving it their all every single time just to win a conference game. And then you're going to make them like go and play a big 12 team that they don't care about. They're not going to play in the right. tournament. Like why would Texas tech care about Mississippi state? They probably haven't watched Mississippi state all year. Like they, you know, they watch conference teams. So I don't know. It, there might be a weird like approach type thing. We'll see. Maybe, maybe some teams don't care about this. Yeah. Who knows? K- Kentucky, Kansas mm-hmm. is the, the game though. That's uh, just oh, that's, that's what a game that's, that's that is. That's the fun one. Um, I, nobody cares I'm even interested in uh, Auburn, Oklahoma, like just to kind of see. Like, I, I mean, Auburn should be big, you know, big time favorites, but I'm just kind of curious to see, yeah. like, is Oklahoma actually decent or like are they just kind of a you know, flash in the pan? You, you know, like a week ago, no, probably like even like two weeks ago, I probably would have been like, I was strong on like big 12 is the best team in the country, best conference in the country. And they probably yeah. still, it probably still is at this point, but mm-hmm. I'm coming around a bit to the sec being up there with them. And I wasn't, I think the sec, I think the sec's problem. The only sec, the only problem with the sec is probably the bottom, like three ish yes. teams. Um, probably four like, if you throw in Vanderbilt, but okay. But like if we did, and I, yeah, that's the difference is you have 14 teams in one and you have 10 teams in the other. Right, right. So it's like, like if I took the, if it's the top 10 versus 10, if it's 10 versus 10, the SEC is, you know, obviously has, but then you throw in Missouri, Georgia, Vanderbilt, whoever, sure. South Carolina, and they just weigh it down completely. So it'll be an interesting weekend uh, for that. Those, all those games are on Saturday, literally all of them. Mm-hmm. LSU, TCU plays at 11 a.m. I don't know how they got the short draw there but they played 11 a.m so that'll be fun but yeah i think then, that's uh, i hinted i hinted at it um sfa cal baptist also also on saturday on the women's side um that'll be a huge game in the wax so um yeah if you're interested in that you know i'm, I'm gonna be watching that one because i really want to see obviously sfa is taking a step back this year but you know it's kind of hard to maintain what they were last year but um that could very well decide uh that conference i think that's at two o'clock tomorrow i was about so. to ask you the time the game was at all right i'll yeah. see if i can i'll see if i can watch it we can talk some fsa women's 
Um, and then, uh, and then lastly, shout out to, uh, Andrew Jones this actually just came across my Twitter profile, uh, Brian Davis from the Statesman, uh, shout it out. Andrew Jones has formalized his partnership with the V foundation for cancer research, where he'll give 10 cents of every dollar he makes off NIL to help fund cancer research. So that's yeah, dope. shout out to Andrew Jones, man. Yeah, that's dope. Um, so we have the, I'm trying to think how we want to do the podcast. Like obviously Texas and Texas tech is Tuesday at 8 PM. Mm. We could just do a podcast on Monday, recapping the weekend and then and wait for, and then like, I don't even know, like Wednesday one, this, this, this whole week is just going to be crazy. This is, yeah, that's going to be nuts. Like there's so much that's going to be going on this weekend over the next like four or five days. So we'll have to brainstorm. We'll brainstorm. We will brainstorm. That's what we do. That's what we do. But all right. That's all we got for y'all uh, today. Uh, we hope y'all enjoyed it. Uh, another one of these uh, episodes. Hope y'all enjoyed the, the guest Kim Palm. Let, let me, let us know how you did. Uh, if you got all five of them right. And Ish is just not, um, not as tuned in as you let us know. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we, we appreciate y'all, y'all listening, uh, send it to a friend, leave a five-star rating and review on Spotify and Apple. Well, we'd greatly appreciate that. And yeah, you follow us on Twitter at DCT basketball, follow Ishra on Twitter at Ishmael R. Johnson, follow me on Twitter at Matthew Bruni underscore and check out all the content at texasbasketball.com. So we thank y'all for joining us. We'll talk to y'all later.